The world we know is a collection of stories, tales, and legends, either real or imagined. All need to be told. There is a place to tell them. So if you want to go there, just click your heels and come join us. The Wizards of Odd. Alright, welcome to another episode of The Wizards of Odd. My name is Ted Daniels. Don MacArthur, how Hello. are you? I'm good. I, I love that intro. You, you sound very much like, you're not going to believe this crap. <laughs> Where do you hear this? I don't believe half the stuff we talk about. Well, don't say that. We believe it all, folks. No, it's uh, it's true. <laughs> we just want to hear the story. This is the story itself that's important. Yeah. Then you have to figure out what's going on. That's right. Um, before then, we start, let me just tell you how you can reach us. You can call us. On the telly, 732-820-0502. You can go to our Facebook page, The Wizards of Odd Podcast. And our newly developed website, please don't critique it. I did it myself. (laughs) It's very rudimentary. It's called wizardsofoddpodcast.com. You can go there. You can actually get links to the episodes. So you can click on an episode that you like. And once again... You could listen to this on any platform that has podcasts that you're comfortable using. I prefer Apple and Spotify. You can use whatever we're on. We don't care. As long as you listen. Exactly. Open to all. But watch how you say that. Broad access. All right. Broad is a word that we can't use anymore. Well, well, unless you're going across the street. Okay. Broad street. Broadsword. Okay. All right, well, all right, before we go down a whole broad <laughs> I come thing. Into, I come the okay. So you had to start trouble. Yeah. We have a really interesting um, episode tonight. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of a really crazy place called Port Lock or mm. Port Chatham, Alaska. Yes. We want to follow up on the last episode we did on the who Loves Your Baby, oh, Telly Savalas. Yeah. Which is one of the greatest stories of all time. And here's how I know it's a great ghost story. I've gotten more feedback mm-hmm. on that. It's, creep, it's creepy, but it's, it's not at the same time. Right. It's, it, it's just so odd. It's just, just a, it's just a web of information. Right. That, to unravel it is amazing. You couldn't make all that up. And here, here's you could, the thing. but why? Well, here's the thing. Older people who really know Telly Savalas right. understand when we say Telly Savalas is not the kind of guy that would make that up. And it was a different world then. Right. This, t- let me give you an example. He didn't achieve the notoriety that a Tom Hanks achieved. But back in the 80s and the early 90s, oh, he, was huge. he was the Tom Hanks of that time. He, he was, was everywhere. Big. And you got to remember, he, a lot of you even know him from if you watch Twilight Zone. Yeah. Talking Tina, him and the doll. That was a really great episode. Yeah, and he's, he's like, well, he's all like, I've had it with you, Tina. That's yeah. it. It's all over for you. And, she, yeah. and she's like, now it's not yet creepy. <laughs> but that, so he, to me, he's a very credible person. Well, he, he's like a rough, down earth guy. Right. But one that has a background in kind of religious mysticism in some way through his mother. Yeah. So there's a connection there. He might have some kind of, you know, ability to his mother, sensitivity. Well, as I found out after the episode... Oh, now you tell me. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're talking about it now. I spoke right, to Don about this. 
Telly Savalas actually gave more information than we saw on that show. The show did a follow-up with him, and he told the story that about seven or eight years later, he was in Los Angeles, California, and he was playing, I thought he said it was Calabasas Country Club. Yeah, he's playing, and I don't know who he's totally with. One of the people was Dennis James. The yeah, the old game show guy. Right. He was there, so there was other people there. So he, he said, saw something too, I think. Yeah, he said he was on the sixth hole, and very descriptive. He's telling us, you know, it's a sixth hole, it's a par three, and he's explaining it. And he he hears <laughs> that, that Ted's, vo- Ted's favorite voice. That voice just go. <laughs> Ted's favorite voice. Hey, Telly. <laughs> and he looks around, and he no. turns to Dennis James, and he goes, "Did you did you hear that?" He goes, "I did." And then he goes. He said he looks up. And on a far hill by the next hole <laughs> the is the guy. Use the use the driver. <laughs> yeah. You kicked that ball. I, I saw, saw you cheating. That, no, come on. That's All right. So he sees the guy. And now the guy starts talking to him and he says, did you hear what happened in Dallas today? And you have to do it with the voice. You have to. Yeah. It's, and he's like, what are you talking about? It's like about? when you do Steve Bix. You have to do the voice. Oh, he's like, what are you talking about <laughs> over there? So he says, did you hear what happened in Dallas today? And Telly's just looking around and yeah. he... He gets to the next hole, and, and the guy's gone. He goes, so they play the eighth hole, they play <laughs> the ninth James hole. Dennis James saw something, too. He saw the guy, Dennis too. Dennis James he, saw he the guy. And he was like, come on down. You yeah. <laughs> You've just won a car. Maybe you get a new car. <laughs> that other one was crappy. Now I can give you Thank a better you. All right, stop. Come on. All right, so <laughs> he, they finish the ninth hole, and they go into, as we all do at the end of the ninth hole, we go in to have lunch and a drink, and he looks up at the TVs. Yeah. The date happened to be November 22nd, 1963, and Kennedy was shot in Dallas. And the guy said, did you see what happened in Dallas? Is that what he said? Right. He said, did you see what happened in Dallas yeah. today? Yeah. Wow. So Cronkite comes on. So nobody knew anything about it. That no time. one. They didn't know at that time. Because no. they, they were out on the course. Right. And had no access. It wasn't like no today where you had your phone. Yeah. And he saw that. So now the... The English uh, Englishman who's interviewing him says to him, was that the last time he contacted you? Yeah. And in the interview, Telly's face looks like he's very afraid. Yeah, it's like he really doesn't want to get into this he, again. And he says, no, but I can't even share what else he told me. That's really because now I want to know. I want to know so bad. But yeah, that's very odd. So apparently, when he had contact with the spirit, the spirit came to see him periodically and told him different things. And he didn't look like he was real happy about it. No, he, he, was, like, he was like he was a kind of accepting it, but he wished he, he was like I wish I had never done this. He was not eager to share. No, no. you know if I if I see something or you see something, it's. In most cases, we can't wait. And, to unless tell unless you're so shaken by it right. that you wouldn't know how to even right explain that. And I, plus, suppose he's telling people things that he hears. How do you know that? Maybe he didn't want to get into that either. What got me into looking at the oddities? Mm. I had something that happened to me that shook me. Well, we met you. Mean. Yeah. Be, well, besides that, that oh, was the okay, second thing. Okay. Um, and I did not want to share that with anyone until it actually was 
basically the story was drawn out of me. And I still, when I tell the story, I get goosebumps. Yeah, that's actually, and, and eventually I will tell the story. Well, it's, it's kind of like what, what we were saying with people calling in and telling their stories. If you you had a story for a long time, you weren't comfortable with sharing. If you could call a place like this and share it and let other people hear it mm-hmm. and hear their experiences, maybe it would have made you feel a little more comfortable with dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not sometimes that things are so frightening, but they're just so uh, out of the ordinary. They're just so, it just kind of changes the fabric of what you believe or what you're doing. You kind of go, well, that's a kind of like a glitch in the matrix. Kind of, yeah. Know, what was that? Yeah. And, and- you know? You know, we're, we all want to make sure that people don't judge us. So that's you know, going to happen anyway. But that, yeah, no matter what you do, that's going to happen. happen. But that was that was a great follow up. And again, I will, I will. See, now I knew the story, but I didn't know the follow up story. I didn't you know told that me either. that. I, I was very amazed. And I will put a link in the show notes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, check it out so that people can see that. It is definitely worth. I've watched the tel- that Telly Savalas interview. 15 times. Easy. Yeah, you can, but, and also, too, a good point is because you, you've watched them, you and I have been, since we were young, we watched them in movies and TV shows, okay? So we've seen him act. We've seen him act. Yeah. He was not acting there. No. Unless, not he, at all. unless he became a much better actor. But the thing is, he was a good actor, but he wasn't acting there. He was telling a story seriously, especially when, like we pointed out, when he said, he pushed me to get started. Then he goes, right. pushed me to get started. Like yeah, that was a pretty good impression. Push that was me good. to get started. Push me, but, but to I mean, get it's started. like yeah. Why would you say that? <laughs> that was like a detail. He could just say, "Then I started my car and I left." He wouldn't say, "And he pushed me to get started." You believe that? Yeah, no. pushed me to get started. Then he gave me a lollipop, and that was the beginning of everything. And then I said, who loves your baby? And we're not joking because, you know, we don't believe this stuff. We're joking because that guy's probably going to walk in the room any minute and go, why are you making fun of me? <laughs> and then, you know, we're both going to get our depends on. <laughs> yeah, and that could I, happen. You talk about these things enough. I, yeah. I said to my wife the other day, I said, I'm pretty sure one of these nights the men in black are going to knock on my door. I said, but I have a plan. I'm going to confuse them so much they're just going to leave. <laughs> I'll just start to, yeah, well then, and I'll start saying things in a circle like I did with Jehovah's Witnesses. I love it. <laughs> so that, so I will put a link in. You can see that. And again, I encourage you, um, like the people that have reached out to me already about what he saw and what he experienced. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I wanted people to give me some of their ideas of, okay, how did he get in a ghost car? Yeah, because we've talked about this. Right. I mean, what, what is the essence of that story? Was, was there like, uh, how was he transport? Was there right. was something actually manifest physically that he uh, yeah. that he encountered with? Or, or was it uh, some kind of elaborate fantasy thing he went through? And they just provided him with certain things and yeah. Yeah, at the end of the story, you know? <laughs> but this was their explanation. I'm like, who knows? But that's what, but that's what I wanted. Returned. But then... The fact that he did so much diligence in checking up on it. But I wanted some kind of an answer. Most of the response I got from people was, oh, yeah, thanks a lot. I listened to it just before I went to bed and couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. That, that that story doesn't keep me up. It's creepy, but it's not It's not malevolent. It's, it's not right. mean. Yeah, so you, don't, not. you don't go, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't come back. It's kind of yeah. like, what's that all about? Right. You know what I mean? It's more like, how'd that happen? Because the guy obviously wasn't a bad. He, I mean, he gave him a ride, gave him gas. Like, yeah, it was pretty I mean, cool. Was guy. Like, Look, I'm going to haunt you and scare the hell out of you. But let me give you a ride and some gas in the meantime, so you're not totally lost out here. Right, going through the woods. Yeah, I mean, the guy, you know, he, he was a nice uh, guy. Uh, woods, a wooded area. Wooded, wooded area. area. 
<laughs> Don's transforming into Telly Savalas. I'm gonna shave my head. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just like, I was accidentally talking. Like, I, I sometimes I accidentally slip into Christopher Walken. I can't do Christopher Walken, but I'll talk like that because you go, you're like, what started that? And then you go over here. Yeah, you know, like the, when he does that thing. I can't do him, but that's what he does really well. I can't believe you let me come over here for that reason. When he does I, that, you're like, whoa. I watched a Christopher Walken movie. I watch it in anything. It was an old one yeah. uh, where he was in a coma. Oh, The Dead Zone? The Dead Zone, that's yes. A great, that's a really it's a good really movie. good movie. The imagery when he's in that movie was really well done. A lot of them didn't like it, but like say when he's perceiving there was a fire in the house and he yeah. was implying that he was in the bed in the house. Yes. That was a great scene. That, that, really, was a, that was a very good movie. It was, it, it was a good movie, I thought. It was a very he, good He's movie. always good. He's fascinating. Wasn't that a Stephen King movie? Yeah, originally yeah. that was. But he, he just. Christopher Walken was one of those guys could do like a, a cameo in a movie and steal the whole movie. Yes. Like Pulp Fiction, yes. with the watch. Or, or uh, True Romance, the thing where he's talking to Dennis Hopper, which is a great yeah. scene with two great actors. Yeah. Which is an honest scene with two great actors, which is, must have been hard to do. But I mean, it's, it's to watch that, that's good acting because it doesn't look like acting. Right, it just looks like two guys. That's what people just, don't realize. When you see it, and you go, oh, "He's not acting." That's when the when the guy's going, "Look at me, I'm acting now." That's when it gets annoying, you know. I um just this completely away from. Yeah, we got we got we got away wait, completely away from. What we're talking that ghost to me. I'm sorry. Don't let me wander. Why are you make I me will, wander? I it's not easy to keep you on a leash. Yeah, I know. I know. You are. I know. You're like. You're like when you watch someone walking a Great Dane. <laughs> What? And they have it, wait, and they have the Great Dane on one of those... Um, leaders, the long leaders? The kind that you can press the button and yeah, it yeah, opens yeah. up and lets them go. Yeah. And he goes so far out, they can't control him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they're setting the hook. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's a tuna. Let's reel him in. He ain't coming back. But here, it's funny. Um, I, was I know, alone. my mind goes. I get it. I was alone last night. My wife uh, spent some time with her sister. And... Here's how you get yourself in trouble. And this is G-rated. Right. Here's how you get yourself in trouble. I'm watching a, a Chinese movie that got great ratings. Curse of the Golden Flower. Flower. Yes. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. It's very good, actually. And well, yeah. It's a very good movie. Visually beautiful. And, but the only problem is, you know, you got to... I had a use my glasses because I had to read constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at the end I of... I know, because you know Cantonese, you don't know Mandarin. I don't... Yeah, exactly. If they'd done it in Mandarin, I would have been fine. I know, I know. I thought of actually having Bill Chang sit next to me and just translate <laughs> the whole movie. He does. Oh, he really does? Yeah. Because I don't assume, just because he's... Yeah, no, he does. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But, that's um... And by the time I went to bed, I was I was exhausted. My eyes were bothering me. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I, I I tell you, I watched a great movie yesterday, which I love. It's not for everybody, but it's called Ship of Monsters. It's a Mexican movie. It's about these women from Venus. They come. They, they're collecting men from all around the universe to to take back and repopulate Venus. But it's so bizarre. Ship and and one, of the main mon- one of the main characters in it is like a guy's like a mariachi. He likes to tell tall tales, and he sings <laughs> through the whole thing and fights the monsters. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Wait a minute. That, that sounds like it's probably as bad as um, Ulysses and the Seven Miracles of the Earth. Oh, no. Earth actually, actually, this is this is a very entertaining movie. I'm Ship telling you. Ship of Monsters. Well, I'll be watching yeah, that later. Yeah, you're going to have to watch I got another one for you, too, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Brainiac. That's a good one. Brainiac. That's another Mexican movie. You'll be reading there, too, but it's worth it, Brainiac. All right. This is pre-war. All right. right? I'm, not, not, I'm sorry. We digress. Okay. Um, People are going to go, get back that ghost, you idiot. It? 
today's episode, uh, what we wanted to mainly talk about was Sorry. a place in Alaska called Portlock, Portlock, also known as Port Chatham. Yeah. Now, Don, I want to just. You're never sure when a town has a has a, like a yeah has a different name, like just in case they get in trouble under another name. I I just want to tell the, tell the people a little bit about yeah, what this place is. I'll take a nap. So, um, it's Port Chatham is a bay on the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula, and a former village of the same name uh, of Chatham, and then it also became known as Port Lock. And it's weird because it's such a beautiful place, you would hardly think that there's so many inexplicable things that happened that filled people with such terror and and really fright. But there were a bunch of mysterious disappearances and deaths where the Kenai Mountains narrow before going right into the North Pacific. It's like a peninsula. Right, it is. That's exactly... Yeah. And the rumors began in the 1930s, and they continue still to this day. And, for instance, there was a guy, Andrew Kamlock. He went logging. He went out there logging in 1931. Well, he was found dead in the woods from a blow to the head. A piece of log-moving equipment nearby was used. I remember there was something that you had. It was a piece of equipment that you had to use for cutting the logs, but you had to lift it with a machine. Right, a single person could not pick it up. And yet somebody had apparently picked this up and smashed him over the head with it. Right. Okay. At the same time, right around the same time, an elder of one of those Alaskan tribes, Simeon Kazivkov. Now, again, sounds like a Russian name, and it is because... There were a lot of Russians there. Right, they emigrated to that area. It, it was a, it was a, a company town. That's yes. how it became Port Lock, because it was a company town, which we'll explain. So this, this guy, Simeon, from Port Graham, which is still a present-day city, uh, they now call it Nanwalak. Hmm. He said a gold miner headed out for the day and just disappeared. No signs of him were ever found. Again, this is not me walking out into the woods. Right. This is a person who knows the woods, lives in the woods. And the interesting thing there, too, is you have he's living in a place where there's a lot of indigenous people. Right. So if somebody disappears in the woods hunting, and this elder of this tribe told you that, now either... Now, these people are great hunters and trackers. Now, either yeah. they, they couldn't track him or they didn't bother to track him for some reason. Right. So they, they, either couldn't find, they either couldn't find him or they really didn't want to go there to find him. And a lot right. of these people would turn up later, like, torn apart. So um, I understand. Also, sometime later, Tom Larson. Now, again, we're giving names because these people actually existed. Yeah, and these are taken from actual uh, newspaper from, accounts. Right, from newspaper like accounts. He said that at the time these things occurred, that's the best time to check these accounts. Yeah. It's fresh and they haven't had time to change to it, embellish or embellish it, or it or eliminate things. Well, Tom Larson went out to chop wood for fish traps, and he saw something large and hairy on the beach. Mm-hmm. He ran back home to get his rifle, and when he returned to the water's edge, the thing just stared at him. But the weird thing is, and this is a common thread in all these kind of stories, he could not explain why he didn't fire his rifle. Yeah, most of the time it seems that sometimes people are prepared to, but there's no imminent threat, first of all. And people who are really really hunters and things, especially back then, they wouldn't just fire for no reason. People get the impression from movies that these guys, because first of all, they didn't have a lot of ammunition. 
Right. And second of all, they didn't want to waste. They weren't just going to shoot something for the hell of it because they didn't want to leave anything out there. If they were going to shoot something, they were going to be something they could use. Yeah. I mean, and usually with these things, it seems that when they stop and look at the person, they see the face, and the face is just human enough to deter them because now they're not yeah. sure. Right. Am I shooting a person? What am I? And this thing isn't doing anything. Why would I just yeah. shoot it? If it comes at you, of course. Then you. And then a lot of people put their right. guns, and a lot of times the things get angry because people point a gun at them. Yeah. Which I could understand. So then in 1973, an Anchorage newspaper ran a piece about a retired school teacher who had taught in Port Chatham during World War II. She told of the cannery workers yeah. who went into the mountains to hunt sheep. It was a salmon cannery. It was a, right, a salmon cannery. And they went into the woods. They wanted to hunt sheep and bear, but they never returned. <laughs> Search parties found no trace. Then rumors spread that a mutilated body, torn and dismembered in a fashion that didn't resemble wounds from a bear attack, had been swept by rains down the mountain and into the lagoon at Port Lock. Oof. Other rumors include specifics of the beast features. Hunters following signs of a moose came across man-like footprints that exceeded 18 inches in length. Wow. As they ch- closed on the moose, they realized that they and the owner of the Big Feet were tracking the same animal. Yeah, and you imagine something Imagine something on two feet just walking, tracking a moose. Right. You ever seen how big a moose is? Mooses are huge. That's why when you hear about like something like Bigfoot or Sasquatch, you hear about them taking down like an elk or a moose, you're like, okay, why would I want to hunt this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the hunters soon... And you, find, you see the signs of these feet, you're like, this is pre-NBA, like NBA, you know. <laughs> the hunters soon came across matted down grass that had showed indications of an apparent life-and-death struggle. <sighs> Beyond the grass, the hunters found no moose tracks, but the large man-like footprints continued mm. upward into the cloud-draped mountains. Oh, so you think he took down the moose? Took down the moose. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Many times when people disappear, and even now, these, these disappearances in national parks, if people disappear without a trace, if it was predation or an animal grabbed them or something... There would still be signs of a huge struggle because you're going to put up a crazy struggle. You're going to get killed, but right. there's going to be a mess. There's going to be stuff all over the place, but they, there's, there's nothing there. Yeah, that's. I mean, do they clean up after? It's like they just lift something and go. In an interview that ran in the October 2009 edition of the Homer Tribune, which is like one of the local newspapers, <laughs> no. a Nanwalek elder. Nanwalek. Nanwalek is the tribe. You're getting good with that. Melania Helen Kell, who was born in Port Chatham in 1934, she gave insight into the demise of her hometown. She explained that her parents, along with the rest of the village, grew weary of being terrorized by a creature the Alatic called the Nantica, meaning half man, half beast. Yeah, they, they seem to have that. They... She, see, I go by what they say. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to rip you. No, no, that's... But when they talk, these are the people you got to talk to about these yeah. things. Because they live side by side. They know where to go, where not to go. They know yeah. what's happening. They may not know specifically. They may not be sharing it with you because it's part of their tradition, and you're not on the inside. But they know what they're living with. Yeah. They wouldn't be making this up. They would, they would, if it was bear problems, they would say bear problems. Right, they would. 
You know? Well, she said many of the residents refused to venture into the surrounding forest. And over time, they abandoned their homes and the village school. They moved up the coast to Port Graham. And only the postmaster remained in Port Chatham. Great. And the post office closed in 1950. They closed the post office. They closed the post office. How do you just move a whole... And how far is the other town from there? Do you know? Um, I think it's about 20... 20 to 30 miles away. In which direction? Yeah. Uh, is it I, off the peninsula, kind of? It's off the peninsula. Okay, that's why. Yeah, it's off the peninsula. Because I'm thinking if it's a salmon cannery, maybe whatever's living there is aggravated because maybe it lives on the salmon and sees them taking all these resources. Well, you know, in an earlier article that I read, one of the reports of them seeing this hairy yeah, half-man thing, yeah. he was actually destroying the fish wheel. There you go. Because up in Alaska, and maybe I know too much about this because I watch those Alaskan shows. Hey, that's cool. I like this. They build fish wheels so that they can gather as much salmon as possible to feed their mush dogs over through the winter. Because it's good good fatty stuff for bulking up. But these wheels are crazy because... They they kind of herd the fish toward the wheel, and then the wheel scoops them up, drops them in a big yeah. area. So I could see why the animals say, "Well, I can't have you doing that." Right. That's why. That's my food. That's why I think something very often they're they're interpreted as protectors of the land because they're protecting the process of the land yeah. because they need that. Yeah. And they're saying this is the way we're supposed to live, and when when it seems like when when. Uh, civilization, as it were, starts to encroach a little bit, that's when you start to get problems. Yeah. Because they don't even really... Because for years, loggers would see their their footprints, but they never really bothered the loggers. No. Because the loggers are harvesting certain trees and areas and then growing more. Yeah. So they saw replenishing. They're like, okay, you're using this stuff probably. All right, but don't come up into our trees. As long as you yeah. don't come up here, you're fine. But, I'm sure they're watched all the time. There's probably, like we say, you got the upside down trees, you got certain markers that seem to be indicative. And even the survivor man pointed out how uh, in the past indigenous tribes used to leave stick markers for different things. Uh, yeah. it, it would mean, yeah. uh, you know, pr- uh, hunting prey this way, this far off, I saw this many. Because they can see that marker go, oh, this is a good hunting area. Mm-hmm. So there's something to that also when you see these constructs that's supposed yeah. to be Sasquatch builds. Because a person wouldn't bend trees like that. No. You know. Um, I don't think so. What What's odd is that earlier records uh, made by the Portlock Cannery Management showed that the site had actually been vacated once before. Really? So that, that, that place had a reputation. They had a reputation. Well, was it another company? And these were, like we said, we, there was, we, these are mostly Russian people. Russian emigrates, right? Because you're not far from Russia. Very tough people, and you know, and Inuit people. These are like, you know, these are people that live under harsh conditions. They're used to that. Yeah, they're not complainers. The cannery supervisor said that in 1905, all the native workers evacuated the area because of something. They they went out first without everybody else. Yeah, they left first. The the native workers left first. That's right there would have told me something because of something in the forest. Yeah. It, this is the best one. Well, didn't it come into town, too, once in a while? The, uh, or is that another one? That's, I think that's a different one. Um, the stories didn't stop with the abandonment of the village. A goat hunter in 1968 claimed to have been chased by a creature while he was hunting in the area. In 1973, three hunters took shelter there during a three-day storm and claimed that each night something walked around their tent. 
on what sounded like only two feet. Yeah. This one is the best. This is the cre- This is a creepy one. I hope so. In 1990, an Anchorage paramedic was called out to aid a 70-year-old native who had suffered a heart attack, but he was actually incarcerated in the Eagle River Jail north of the city. While he was treating the man, the paramedic happened to mention that he hunted in that area of Port Chatham. The elderly man suddenly sat up grabbed the medic by the shirt and said, did it bother you? Did you see it? Oh, really? So. Yeah, so they're, they're figuring, if you were there, did you see it? Did you see it? Because obviously it wasn't an area where a lot of people go, probably. Right. I just crack up thinking of a guy who's a goat hunter. I never thought that was a job. <laughs> a goat hunter. Yeah, there's, uh, well, actually. It is, uh, I'm sure it is. Again, yeah. in Alaska. Uh, um, I know, it just sounds funny. You don't but it, have place. you seen those goats that, yeah, they're not climb exactly trees. Oh yeah, and there's goats that climb mountains. They, they walk up. They walk the side, side of the mountain. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, well, they're big. And, and you got. They're sure, they got meat. And they apparently, got, they're good eating. And they, and they got. To, you know, they got the the, the fur and all that stuff because they, they they need that stuff up there. But it's it's again anything weird that happens out in the wilderness when you put two and two together, it always equals. Bigfoot. Well, a lot of it, yeah. A lot of it. A does. lot of, or or they're not, or they're somehow involved, or they're somehow at least there, right? Because even even with the uh, even with the, well, it's a whole separate thing. But even with the, the disappearances in national parks, I was listening to some of those stories, and I was uh, I was somehow I was thinking like proposing. I was talking just talking out loud as I usually do to my wife, and she probably goes, "All right, great, here we go." <laughs> but I, I was thinking about maybe there was something else there. As a predator, and it seemed like sometimes it almost seemed like Bigfoot was scooping up kids to get them away from something else, right. or leaving them somewhere. Yeah, leaving them. In a I safe don't know. Place. See, I don't know if I would totally blame them for all that. It almost seems like there's something else there, and Bigfoot kind of. I know I'm going way. I'm going way down the rabbit hole here, but it almost seems like they're doing. They're not always doing something wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. It seems like sometimes they find these kids in these weird places. And they just leave them there. Like, you know, they take them up on high mountain and leave them there. Like, why would they just leave some there? And some, maybe, you know, there's, I think there's something else going on uh, there. About 10 years ago, there was a... Um, Although Sasquatch, they seem to be all over the place. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. But about 10 years ago, one of those shows that had, um, you know, like, do you believe this or whatever, terror in the woods, whatever. <laughs> um, Shatner walks by yeah. and waves at you. Yeah. They, Did it really happen? They showed a, um, a, a family that had a cabin, and what they would do at night is they would bear-proof it. Yeah. So um, they started they started hearing a lot of, like, banging on the side walls, on the windows. Um, they said, you know, it could be a bear, but it certainly doesn't seem like a bear. Because bears wouldn't just pound on something. They, right. would, they would more, like, rake on something. Right. These things were pounding. Yeah. So what they did was they took a long piece of wood and they put long nails oh, I'm, up yeah. through it. The screws over the screws Scro- and everything. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. put them in front of the windows and the doors. And the next morning after all the, you know, crap hit the fan, yeah. they saw on the screws that there was tissue and blood and things like that. And they, I, I saw that when they outlined it. it and they actually foot. sent it to for analysis the lab that analyzed it was in Rutgers University here in New Jersey. Okay. They came back with not a bear, 
Not the no, average bear, anyway. No, nothing we have any record of. That's very bizarre. And often there's because a lot think of, of how many things they have records. And many of. times they they find these things. And they go, well, we didn't find much, but we did find some some an unknown primate mixed with some human DNA. You know, like what does that tell you? Right. You know what I mean? I, I, there is there is a possibility. Tells you that they were using roofies in the woods. It's and a, yeah, they were they, roofing primates. It's a, it's a big maniac in a ghillie right. suit running around going, "Give me your salmon." Roofing, roofing, <laughs> roofing everybody, and come on, everybody, we're out. Of but here. but and the Russians are going, "No, oh, it's possible." But how does that happen? You're you're not talking about. These are deep woods too. Right. They, they, these are not like woods no. like in Jersey, okay, right. in Stokes Forest. These are these are deep. There's, some of these are designated wilderness areas, which means. You're up to nobody's coming for you. You're right. on your own, you know, right away. Anyway, um, I also saw a video and a story very similar to the one we did on our first episode of the sounds of Sasquatch, where uh, four campers were being terrorized. Very similar sounds, and they actually took out their cell phone. Now, right. this was only three or four years ago. Right, took out their cell phone and were videoing everything. And when they got down to the bottom of the mountain, because they just said, we can't stay here. And right. they just kept running. Yeah. They wanted to look at the video because they said, we finally have a definitive video of what we saw. And it's going to blow the world away. And it was entirely glitched. <laughs> so it was 12 minutes of them running, filming, and showing nothing behind them. Was there any sound from anything? Or no just... sounds. No it's sound, amazing, no it's video, that nothing. It, it seems like there, there but is... But in video. Yeah, it seems like... That's why sometimes people suggest some sort of a spiritual or paranormal dimension to Sasquatch. It just seems like he's not that easy to pin down. No. Like he's, he's like a wisp of smoke. And then you have also in these areas, late at night, you have the fact that they talk about these... Uh, these things of light that creep through the forest, like yes. float through the little forest, like these little of lines of. And I'm thinking, is that them in a different form, or that's all you could see of them? Maybe they're. They, uh-huh. I don't know. Who knows? You know, the the natives know that there's something going on there. They they consider them. There's just some sort of a spiritual tribe almost. You just leave them alone. And then also, there's a lot of places where you do have wild men living in the woods. Yeah, like men that have just yeah. wandered off and they live like feral. Right. <laughs> that's why I tell people. You see these people go, well, we're going out in the woods and we're going to camp or we're going to investigate. And I'm like, do you have any protection with you for anything? Right. And I'm like, you're in the middle of nowhere. I remember years ago, I don't want to get into this, but we, we both performed in the past. I remember doing a show at a place, it was a tavern or something, I go to this place. Up in northern Pennsylvania, and this is just short as an example, the guys that own the place, uh, doing a show that night, the two guys are wearing 9mm guns under hip to run the place mm-hmm. for a comedy show. I'm like, why do you have guns? They go, well, because where we are... And it was near the uh, Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania, way up north. Okay. okay. Beautiful spot, but they said, well, because if we call the police, it's the state police, it'll take them close to 45 minutes or an hour to get here. And then when the crowd showed up, a lot of them were like militia type. They all had their uniform. It was like a militia night or something. I'm like, oh, this is comfortable. <laughs> they, that, that's when you wish Sasquatch would come bursting in. Yeah. But I'm like, really? Am I, am I the only one here without a gun? And I'm in front of everybody? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't mind, but it might take me a little longer, but just let me know. I wonder if that was the same place that when I performed there, a fight broke out, and I was just standing on the stage holding the microphone as tables were being flipped. And they oh, yeah, we first see that. Uh, <laughs> and, there, and then I stay there in a the hotel next door. I go in. It was like 
The place was so big. It was like the pillow was actually just like a towel. It, it was just like it was just like it was like a quarter of an inch of a pillow, like in a pillowcase. And I'm like, you really think I'm gonna lay my head on this? This is like something you used to waterboard people. I um the when Tom and I talk about these. Yeah, we, crazy we, used to, we used to do we used to do stand up comedy. We still do. We haven't done it in a while, but there's a lot of COVID. That's a whole other show. But we um, we worked for this this one Booker. And well, maybe out there we should probably be careful. He's litigious. Yeah, I will sue you. Um, You're finished now. We worked for this one Booker who he booked into the bowels of Pennsylvania and West Virginia and upstate and that, New York. And we mean that only we only mean that there were places that were obscure. Obscure. So, so obscure. There was one place I went to. I missed it twice going past it because it was down Little Valley. And I went in and I said to them, I go, they go, no, this is a very small town. I go, yeah, I noticed. I saw the sign coming in. Leaving was on the other side of the (laughs) sign. (laughs) You turn the sign, it was leaving. Now you're leaving. It was nice people and everything. But there were very obscure places. We did fundraisers for various uh, volunteer fire departments and good causes. But And they were very nice people. But they were just very, very obscure places. But you look at the differences between there and here in, you know, central Jersey and south Jersey. And... Like the lady collecting the tickets and the money at the door, she had a cigar box that looked 50 years old, and the piece of tape was folding up from it, and under on the tape it said Comedy Night, and underneath it, it was covering gun sales. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, Which could be the same thing sometimes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know, I, t- I mean, I pulled up the places to be the marquee and said, tonight, Don MacArthur, baked ham. <laughs> I said, folks, you know these are separate things, right? I hope. But it was just, it's funny, because this is why we travel. We've seen a lot of strange things. We have. And, uh, you know, this, you know. Now, now I do ask, if you We really digress on this episode. I know. That's okay. You're getting to know about us. Uh, Unfortunately. I will put up links to a couple of the articles on Portlock, Port yeah, it Chatham, really is. So you a, can read them. It really is a very, a very fascinating thing because to see a whole town just decide to go, and you know, and it, and, was, and it was specifically because of this creature. And before you, I'm going to stop this one right now. Before you come so back there. to us and say, "Hey, there's a lot of abandoned towns in Alaska." Oh yeah, but it. Most of those towns are gold towns, gold yeah. rush towns. There are, my, there are reasons for those shutdowns. The gold goes away. The specific reason for this town, these people moving from a very big company operation. It was a yeah. company town. They canned salmon there, which is a lot of money. Salmon's not going anywhere. And they uh, and they just, you know, they just left. They said, no, nope, we got to yeah. go. That's amazing to me. And Because you would think if it was just these people, they would just bring other people to work there. Right. But I want you to read about it. And see if you have any thoughts. Yeah, it's it's a curious thing. Or you even think just tell us reason? what you think. What what did you think of the stories? We, we love to hear feedback. Yeah. Um. And and I would love to hear your feedback on that. And and if you're not looking into this stuff, you really you really should take some time. You will to read these things because it it'll blow your mind that there's so many unexplainable things that are happening. Out there, yeah, right, but yeah, and there are various reasons. People's interpretation right. is something happening to that per- person personally. Is it environmental? Is it a real supernatural thing? There's a lot of questions. You know, we're just asking the questions, trying to figure yep. it out for ourselves because we're curious about it. Now, Dom, we were going to have a special guest tonight, and yes. um, 
but we don't. And so there. And something came up, and he could not. It was Sasquatch. Uh, couldn't join us. Yeah, it was He had to get back Sasquatch. to the cannery. And he was, he's running the cannery now. The cannery well, now. he got a promotion. He it was took great. the job. He, took he, over, took he the moved job. his family in and took the job. <laughs> but um, in lieu of that, of, and I'm sure he'll be on our next episode, yeah. I wanted to share a very quick, weird story that I heard from someone who is in law enforcement. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a hospital that in a very large urban city that they just closed the doors on it. Right. And they wanted to turn it into basically um, luxury apartments. <laughs> okay. Which is, you know, uh, well, I'm never moving into thought. that. Yeah. So, yeah, let me put my den in the morgue. So they felt that they were very, the developers were concerned that the area it was in, which they were, you know, was, there was gentrification going on, that there would be a lot of uh, looting and um, destroying and robbing some of the equipment. So they wanted the police to actually establish a presence on the first three floors. Mm. It was big enough, and they were just giving it to them. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a borderline iffy area. Right. So um, this policeman, while checking it out, um, really experienced some very strange things. And he didn't really put it together until he spoke to another policeman Mm. who said, this was after they actually fixed it up and they moved in. And he said, I'm never going back into that place. He says, I keep seeing an old guy in a basically a hospital gown walking down the hall pointing at me. Really? Then one of the higher-ups in the police, he gets on the elevator and he's pressing the button to go from the basement to the third floor and nothing's happening and he keeps pressing and pressing and pressing and finally a voice came on the speaker system saying, what do you want? And he goes, I want to go to the third floor. And when he confronted the developers over who was in that office answering this so nasty. Yeah. And he said, they said, nobody, we've never hooked up the sound into the elevators. Yeah. I mean, you could say somebody did it and they didn't want to say who it was, but they didn't have the sound. They didn't have the sound hooked up. So there, this stuff is all over the place. And these stories really, these are stories that uh, Ted was told personally by people who were there. Right. And uh, they just don't want to share their names and everything because it would cause some problems. And and much like the Telly Savalas interview where he said there were some other ones that I was told and I was asked not to talk about them on the air. Well, because there's some things that would tell you where it was. They were terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. If they saw people that they knew. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just... You know, it's... And they didn't want to go. And you're not exactly talking about the light. These are people that normally go into situations where nobody else will go. Right. They walk That's in places right. knowing that they walk in every... I mean, police officers walk into all kinds of odd buildings. They don't po- get to choose where they go. Yeah, police so and firemen the, just answer the call. So, so these things here, and I've had personal friends who are both amazing people, but it's like... Uh, you go there, they, they if they don't want to go deal with their own offices, there's something going on. There. Right. And, and I, they don't want to talk about it because they'll, get, they'll have some problems. With yeah. It. So, but, um, and again, if you have a story and you don't want to be the person to tell it, but you're okay with it being told on the air, 
reach out to us. Or you could tell your story without telling people who you are. Yeah, we could do that. You too. can if you want. You could you could tell people who you are if you want. But if you want to just tell your story and compare it to other stories, you don't have to reveal who you are. Give it. Give us a call seven three two seven three two eight two zero zero five zero two. You can send us an email at wizardsoddpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to the website, wizardsofoddpodcast.com. Be looking out for our very soon-to-come Instagram page. Um, I know, I sound like I'm just uh, breaking into a new I, thing I'd like here. to be involved in some of this. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. No. Um, I've, been, I've been a little strange lately, folks. So. But, um, but yeah, contact us. Please, yeah. please contact us. We love hearing from <laughs> That's you. That's very funny. It's <laughs> but uh, we do love hearing from you. And um, Don, anything uh, anything you'd like to throw out there before no, we... No, uh, I'd, I'd say you did a good job today. today. This was a very unusual episode. We're not going to be... Today we just had a lot. We just wanted to discuss some of this stuff but and go off because... That's fun to listen to, but uh, we got some really interesting, weird stuff coming up in upcoming episodes. Some really spooky stuff. We interesting do. stuff. We do. And uh, we can't wait. And um, again, find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are pretty much everywhere. And we really hope that you enjoy this show and all the other ones we put mm-hmm. up. Don? Thank you, Teddy. Another episode in the books. It's been great, Teddy. (laughs) Good night. Good night, everybody.